Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Oh, it's almost winter lunchtime. Is that right, Matt Perzo? Just tell us about your new rotor of winter lunches. Yeah, I'm about to go into, into winter. I've got I've got jumpers on now, and so therefore it means winter lunches are going to start. That's soup and a nice sourdough. Oh, I do love a sourdough. I've never been a big soup man, but, uh, you know, maybe I'll yeah, delve in. Fa- fairly kind of like just mid-tier, like the Covent Garden ones. Not not something super expensive off your big finest mm-hmm. ranges, but just kind of like a I'm pounding. boring when it comes to soup. Just tomato soup does mm. me fine. Oh, Wait, can't so, go wrong with that. Are you oh, dedicated to having a soup like every day then? What's but, your favourite soup, Jesse? Oh, that's really stumped me. I don't know. <laughs> For some reason, I can't think of a soup other than tomato soup, and that's not my favourite soup. Uh, minestrone. <laughs> no, not even that. I was going to type in best soups on Google. Oxtail. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not oxtail, an oxtail guy. I, I do actually like oxtail. Um, partner makes a good oxtail soup, so, you know, let's go with that. Oxtail, and classic. So, something, something like, I like a potato and leek. I like a lentil and bacon. Mm. Uh, just okay. a winter vegetable, that's good as well. Mm. Well. Just pair, pair it with a good bread and you, you're banging. Oh, you pair anything with a good bread and it goes well, doesn't it? Um, that's why I did with a sausage last night. I had a lovely sausage sandwich. <laughs> I really wanted to see what your segue sausage. was going to be from bread to what we're going to discuss in a moment. Well, we can do that. We can follow the trail of breadcrumbs to Avatar <laughs> Frontiers okay, of sure. Pandora. <laughs> um, I'm Simon Cardius, the IJ UK podcast. That's Jesse Gomez Hello. and Matt Perzo. Oh, what are we going to talk about this week? Uh, Matt, you've gone hands-on with the upcoming Avatar game. Jesse, you've played through the whole of RoboCop, Rogue City. <laughs> I sure have. I watched a new Scorsese film, so as usual, it's the best week of every three years for me. Uh, yeah, and I did a little bit of climbing, but not in real life. We'll get onto that soon. <laughs> oh, Avatar, Frontiers of Pandora, based on the hit James Cameron Blue People series. <laughs> is, um, is it just Far Cry? I think that's the main thing I want. That's that, I think that's a lot of people when they watch the trailers, right? For Avatar: uh, Frontiers of Pandora, they went. Well, and maybe I'm putting words in people's mouth. When I watched it, I thought, <laughs> "Oh, this looks like I Far thought. Cry, um, but with big blue cat people." Yeah, is that what this is? Or are we going to be a politely, politely, pleasantly politely. surprised? <laughs> I think the answer is, and I apologise in advance. Uh. It's yes and no. It's uh, it's a little bit from column A, fence. a little bit from column B. It does make um, you feel like an avatar? Uh, no, because you are actually a Navi. You yeah, are a genuine Navi <laughs> rather than an avatar. Um, oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. So so this is. I guess it is 
based on Avatar, but it's also it's a canon storyline that's going to take place in the Avatar universe. It's on a section of Pandora that nobody has seen before, even though the bit that I play, so I've played two hours of it, and that is in a very rainforest-like mm. biome. I was going to say, it very much looks like Pandora's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what, what I wanted to ask was, are we playing as like the water clan or the forest clan? Because I does it have a specific so, unique biome? So there are three different clans in this game okay. from three different biomes, but I don't really know a huge amount about them because mm. we only got to play in one biome. But I do know that kind of like one of them is more of a... It's been in the trailers... There's the rainforesty stuff, which is what I played in, but then there's a much more kind of like open plains, almost Hyrule looking ish kind okay. of area. Um, but um, there is a clan for each of those, which each have their own kind of uh, obviously not way of water because it's not set by the lakes and oceans like that one, mm. like the second film was. But I think like one of them's got like the way of bones or something like that. <laughs> like they use like animals and and stuff like that but yeah essentially the, soup with that yeah the bit that i played is set in the rainforesty bit and it is very far cry in the fact that you have it's obviously it's open world you can go around like harvesting plants you can hunt animals uh there are outposts which are the rda human outposts to kind of mm. take down and then there are main quest missions what i would say is Whilst it's definitely structurally quite like a Far Cry game in that there's lots of little activities to do around, some of them are side quests, some of them are main quests, some of them are, you know, those sort of repeating activities that you see in every, like, you know how when we've played Spider-Man kind of like a couple of weeks ago, each one of those locations around New York has got the same activities, you know, they're not the identical, but they're of that activity group. It's got all of that. It's got all the shit that you expect from a Far Cry game. Okay. What I would say is it didn't necessarily feel like I was just playing a Far Cry game. And part of that is because obviously Avatar doesn't look anything like Far Cry. Um, This is probably one of the more impressive looking um, games of this ilk. Like you're on the frontier, you're in the wilderness. Because every plant like reacts to your presence. So as you walk up to them, you know, the classic... um, the big trumpet-like mushrooms that everybody yeah. knows that are in Avatar, that when they get close to them, they like they collapse down, don't they? Like mm-hmm. they are around, and lots of plants of that ilk that when you get close to them, they all like pop away, or they fizz, or they sort of sprout things. And so it's it's got this sort of sense of aliveness that I wouldn't say you get out of a, a Far Cry sort of environment. Is it a living, breathing world? <laughs> I mean, no, because it's made out of ones and zeros. But yes, it is probably the closest uh, that you could get to that sort of statement. Um, and it is genuinely beautiful. Um, all I can say is apologies about the video quality on... Uh, on the preview that's up on IGN because we were only allowed to capture at 1080p, which is odd for a game that um, looks that good. But it did genuinely. For a game that I thought in trailers didn't look great, I yeah. was pleasantly surprised playing it. Uh, how, think, how does it how does it actually stack up when it comes to um, combat? Because just based on the trailers, like I think the only enemies I've seen is like, you know, you're going up against humans and like, mm-hmm. now you could fucking flick them with their middle finger and they'll go fly in like 10 meters in the air. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, we'll start. We'll start with combat then. Um, I think this is the least interesting part of this game, which is a shame right. because, as with most people on this podcast, I love shooting something. Um, yeah, just a destructive person, aren't you? Really? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, 
the the combat engagements that were in the demo i didn't think were particularly great um mm. a cool thing is that so you've obviously got this split of equipment there's the the base premise is that because you were a navi that was kidnapped as a kid and you've been held hostage by the rda you have a knowledge of how to use like all the assault rifles and shotguns oh, and stuff like well that that's well convenient <laughs> yeah but then basically the the narrative kind of like catalyst for this is that you've been you've returned to kind of like pandora and you're trying to uh like link with your navi heritage so you also have all the navi equipment which is basically bows and arrows there are three different bows of which i used two in yeah. in this demo uh which was uh a long bow like just a standard you know like jack of all trades long bow and mm. a heavy bow which is I mean as it sounds it's it like you it effectively fires tree trunks um yeah. and then i got something called a staff sling which was basically a, like a trap deployment thing imagine like a is it lacrosse the one that you play with a net mm-hmm. imagine <laughs> that the lacrosse staff stick thing but you put a grenade in the end of it and like punt it across the world um and i got the human assault rifle obviously assault rifles super loud really inaccurate you also I don't think you could look down the sights on them, so they're kind of a little bit more kind of rattly. Um, And then the bow is much more precise, but obviously slower, stealthier. Yeah. And so you can see kind of like where the two gameplay kind of patterns there. The issue that I had was that I obviously, as as a child of Dishonored, um, (laughs) played it fairly stealthy. And only in one combat situation did that pose any like challenge so you go up you'd find like groups of humans that were kind of like pottering around the open world doing generally doing something nasty to something in nature so for example one of them had got this giant like rhinoceros style creature in a cage um i was able to pick off every single one of the like five people that were guarding that without any of the others knowing that i was doing it (laughs) So it's like there was no combat challenge at all. It was just yeah. vunt, 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 vunt. And um, I would have expected if when, when one of them went down like a sack of potatoes, that one of the others would be like, what the hell's going on here? And yeah. start going into an alert phase. They didn't. And that happened like three times. So I just think that the AI might be a bit brain dead. I can imagine um, the challenge would be with, you know, the mechs and going up against the actual machinery of whatever the army's called and whatnot. Yeah. Yes and no. So, um, you can take down the mechs with the bows. They haven't done anything to do that. Uh, you can take them down very easily with the machine guns. I was quite surprised at how easy an AMP mech goes down. Like, they went down super quick. Yeah. But what you have is... Um, you know how in Horizon you can use, like, the vision that shows you where all of the weak points are on a, mm. on, like, one of the robot beasts? It has exactly that. You can also, from the weapon wheel, craft like different types of arrows, exactly mm. like you do in Horizon, uh, and and it uses that system where like you fire at the weak point. So, for example, on on an amp mech, um, some of them have rocket launchers that are on the back of them. So, if yeah. you shoot the rockets, they explode and basically destroy the mech. I was going to ask: you, Is it just like shooting through the big sheet of glass and then they all die? And well, you can do it. that. So, so for example, like if they've got the the glass canopy on the front, you can shatter yeah. that glass canopy and then shoot the pilot, and then the then the mech is dealt with. Or you can like fire an arrow into the exhaust vent on the back, and that okay. causes like an internal explosion. 
So there's definitely kind of like, I think that's cool in the idea of it. It's promoting precision, right? Like, yeah. do you mm. want to just go in with a machine gun, which will just shatter the canopy I and mean, kill them? I mean, that's the horizon of it all, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, I think if this game was in third person, there'd be a lot more of a like, oh, this this is a bit of a horizon kind of knockoff. Yeah. Mm. Not Far Cry Primal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which it, which it does feel more like that, I'd say. But I... I like the weak point structure that Horizon mm-hmm. has got, so I'm not going to criticise this for having that because that's no. the interesting part of combat. I, I, I love that combat. And it is, like you mentioned, the enemy AI. Maybe that'll be different in a, in a month or so when it releases. But because Massive are like, for me anyway, I think the Division's enemy AI is that's really fantastic. smart. It's really yeah, good. I, d- I don't know, like, obviously you can't just copy and yeah. paste code mm-hmm. over to enemies, but like... <laughs> It is, it is weird if they've gone from, you know, some of the smartest enemy are to mm. absolute dunces. Yeah, because, because <laughs> or the... maybe they're meant to be stupid because they're stupid humans invading yeah. a planet, but it doesn't make for a fun time. No, no. It? And it's like, as you say, I've I've played um, quite a lot of the Division earlier this year. Yeah. Um, and those enemies properly flank you and they've got lots mm-hmm. of different abilities that they can use against you. Whereas, yeah, this the, the most combat I got was when I went to do... Um, the last bit of the demo was kind of an outpost takedown. You had to go to this RDA compound, which obviously is quite a different... It's a big transition from being in the rainforest to being in this massive like concrete mm. and steel base. And uh, it's got a little bit of rudimentary kind of immersive sim-style things where like you can find a vent to kick the vent in and then creep into it. And there's a few gantry ways and there's like um, these hooks that you can hook onto which will take you up a few levels. So it's got some very basic kind of stealth work in there. Um, And then you have to go around that base looking for, essentially it's like five switches to turn off all the drilling and, and, you know, make the place explode or whatever. Um, The stealth was okay, but I found that like I was more spotted easily in that situation because there's so many people in that base. And you're like a 10 foot blue. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In a building. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and things kicked off more there and the the mech suits that were in that base were like maybe like the next rank up so they were a little bit beefier and that combat was more of an issue because because when you get seen in that situation they raise the alarm reinforcements turn up and that was definitely when things have all kicked off it's 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 more of a traditional far cry sort of combat encounter but when i was encountering them out in the open world like they just didn't know I was there and there was no sense of kind of like risk reward against them. It was like, oh, I can just headshot all of these people and be on my merry way. So I'd like to see that improved. Um, to talk about something that's a little bit more impressive is actually it's like the the traversal around the open world. That's, that's what I wanted to ask because obviously, you know, you watch the films and the Navi can like, w- you know, without any effort, just sort of dance and glide mm-hmm. over the entire environment because obviously it's their home and stuff. And although I almost imagine this, wanting to control like a mirror's edge kind of thing just being able to climb Have you read my anything? preview jesse no i haven't <laughs> uh, rude well yeah rude to begin with and <laughs> Sorry, uh, yes man. uh there is a direct comparison to mirror's edge in my um in my preview um it's not mirror's edge in that it's not a genuine parkour system yeah. like it, it doesn't have kind of like that full attention to detail um but what it is, is you can leap and there's a real good sense of balance in okay. the kind of like you can leap up into tree branches and you can run along those tree branches without feeling like, you know, when you try and do platforming in first person games, it can yeah, quite often feel a bit, a bit precarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This never had that. I 
never died once from a like leaping or running situation where I was kind of like 15 foot off the ground. Okay. Well, it'd be higher than that because obviously they're 10 foot to begin <laughs> with. 15 foot wouldn't be a yeah. good drop. Um, but all of this com- came together in there was like this central quest um, called Take Flight where basically you run up a mountain and obviously this mountain is the classic Avatar style where it all branches out and juts yeah. and it's covered in tree vines and stuff like that. And you get to the top and that's where you get your your Banshee, your Ikran. Um, that you can call Carol, right? <laughs> that you can call Carol. You have read my preview, Jesse. No, I remember you guys joking about it and I saw the actual image. And I was like, why can you call it Carol? Yeah, you can call it Carol Sorry. or Floof, as well as a variety of other actual Navi style <laughs> names. Um, but yeah, actually getting up that mountain was like genuinely really fun because it's yeah. all the stuff that I like about first person kind of like fluid movement systems. Mm. And it's combined with, well, there's so many plants in this world and most of them are just kind of like for decoration, but quite a lot, quite a few of them, what they call planimals, um, (laughs) Jesus Christ, uh, are able to kind of like give you movement buffs. So for example, kind of like there are these plants that spray out a blue mist and when you run through them and inhale that mist, it makes you faster. So you start to recognize that they are dotted around in kind of like pathways. Mm. So you just, they become like booster pads in in something like a Sonic, right? Where you're running. always fucking high, just shooting up mid Yeah, basically. (laughs) And then there's kind of like, there was this bit where there was like these giant mushrooms that you could bounce on that got you up to higher. There's these vines that remind me a lot of the barnacles from Half-Life in that when you grab their like tongues, they lift you up. That's cool. Um, so so all of that kind of chained together. And it was like, I was genuinely having fun doing that. Mm. And then at the top, you you get to like bond with the Ikran and then you <laughs> bond can... Bond with Carol. Yeah, yeah. I called mine Carol. Um, and then like you just get to leap off the top of this mountain and then fly around on this Ikran, which the Ikran itself feels kind of slow compared to what you do on the ground. And I guess that's mm. probably because it goes into third person and you can see a lot more yeah. of the world. But I think... Did you get a sense of just how big this open world is? Like, I'm guessing you'll need to fly around, right? Yeah, because yeah. you can't run around the whole of it. I mean, I would imagine, you know, kind of like when you think of how big the map is in Horizon Forbidden West, like that's a mm. that's a colossal that's map. Massive, yeah. Um, and obviously, towards the end of that game, when you when you get your flying mount, that obviously changes kind of a lot of your your, uh, mm-hmm. your feeling of how big that map is and all of that. I do think that like the Ikran, from what I understand you, this was about 20 to 25% of the way into the game. So you get that a lot earlier than you would in Horizon. Um, So I think the size of the map is probably considered and also the Ikran's more a part of the Avatar DNA, isn't it? Like you need that to fulfill that fantasy. Um, So I think the map is large and there seemed maybe less fast travel locations than than there would be in like Mm -hmm. a traditional Far Cry. Everything I'm hearing about this game, like it doesn't sound bad by any means, but it all just sounds like bits borrowed from a lot of yeah. other games, you, like interesting things. But like, is is there some what what like what sets this game apart? Is it the way it like confronts the nature side of things? It's it's definitely a game where what I would say is, whilst it's very structurally like Far Cry, if the two hours that I've played is representative of the whole, I'd say this is a less confrontational game than Far Cry. Far Cry is about gunning your way through mm. like like savage mm. lands, really, isn't it? Is this kind of like the way that it's almost set up. Whereas this is definitely more about your harmonious relationship with nature. There was much more, like the activities were 
oh, hey, here's a uh, a creature that has been stuck with an RDA dart. So you approach it and you pull the dart out and that saved the creature from, right. I guess, slavery or whatever. Um, a lot of kind of like cooking, almost that Zelda coziness in that kind of like you're going around and like when you uh, harvest, whereas in Far Cry, you'd use your machete, right, and cut the plant and then take it. In this, it's like it's like a lock picking mini game. You have to go up and pick the fruit, and you rotate mm-hmm. the um, the analog stick until the controller <laughs> vibrates correctly, That's and then great. you gently pull the fruit from the plant. So it's all about being respectful. And there's this idea of quality over quantity, where if you pick like this fruit while it's raining, it will be of better quality. Okay. And okay. and so it's not about like collecting a hundred and fifty different fruits. It's more about getting like the three or four that are good. And using mm-hmm. that and, and and cooking makes meals that like give you buffs and also your health will only regenerate if you've eaten. Um, so you have to keep like your energy meter up. So there's a lot more of this kind of like harmonious with nature. Yeah. Whether that's the sort of thing that actually genuinely sets it apart or just feels like one layer of a game that yeah. otherwise might largely feel a lot like not one specific game you've felt before sorry that you've played before but like a lot of games that you're very familiar with a lot of kind of systems and uh approaches that are just kind of like not i wouldn't even say in vogue at the moment that are just part of the general landscape and so while i was i sort of expected the worst out of this going in i'm not a massive fan of the avatar films like i think they're beautiful but i don't have any interest in that world yeah um so i went in expecting it to just be far cry with that uh with that skin on it's definitely not that and the thing that i got out of it most i really love jumping around and running across those branches i i think it is absolutely one of those christmas games where you can just veg out with it and just yeah. like do it yeah. because you know what the checklist is well, it's fully co-op isn't it yeah yeah it's a two-player co-op game of which you know maybe that is something that i potter around with it's I like what I think what they've made is good. I don't think what they've made is anything exceptional, at least at this point. Maybe maybe full play yeah, through. That's what I'm getting. Like I'm whereas before I had like kind of no interest in playing this, like I'm now like I'm not saying I'm not excited necessarily, yeah. but I'm, I'm intrigued. It is yeah. doing a couple of different things. So That's exactly has, how I feel my attention. about it. I think it's more exploring that world. That sounds interesting. At least the movement was the main thing for me because I don't want it to feel sluggish because that's just not who you're no, no, playing no, you, as. Yeah, you you feel really nimble, and that was the thing that I enjoyed the most. I thought that was really cool, mm. um, and and just the 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 look of the world. And I'm pleased that they've tried to create a game that is more about that harmony with the natural world. Like mm-hmm. it's it's gonna be, it should be an eco warrior game, right? Like it should be about yeah. protecting natural environments. Yeah from the poison of humankind exactly well that links us on to robocop which is another obviously another game (laughs) based on a film where i suppose he's trying to you know combat the toxicity of humankind as well in a way (laughs) by policing the streets of neo-noir detroit uh jesse yeah rogue city is a game set between robocop two and three mm-hmm. but i don't think people really need to worry about being a a whole like deal up on their robocop sequel lore do they i mean because... I, would, I wouldn't say it's important especially since it has been ages since i've watched robocop one or two and i don't even yeah. i don't even think i've seen three not that it matters for no. this specific game no. um obviously avatar we're talking about how nimble those uh, characters are i think robocop famously 
unnimble, quite a solid, slow gentleman. <laughs> um, does that that that's the one question I have about this game? It's obviously a a shooter, but a yeah. shooter where you kind of play as a walking tank. For me, when I look at shooters, like my favorite shooters are something like Titanfall Two, mm. or where it, like movement is key like sliding around jumping around i like being nimble like when i play online shooters i'll play more you know i like playing tracer rather than yeah you know slower characters in overwatch like does that still is it fun to just walk around and shoot or do um, you wish you could run and dodge <laughs> that's the one big question i, I, about I, this I game. think it's sort of that that's sort of handled with the fact of how many enemies you usually face because you're dealing with just an insane onslaught of like dudes on motorbikes who are charging at you, guys who are carrying like little bombs and they run up to you so they can, you know, blow themselves up with you as well. And, you know, you're going up against robots and all these other things. And like you, it it does feel like just chunky. I don't know. It feels chunky to play Robocop Mm -hmm. because every time, you you know, you're walking around, you're hearing his, you're hearing his feet, hearing that thud of, you know, the ground hitting it and stuff like that. It still feels good, right? Because it's not a too short a game either like I, it keeps it going i finished it in like i think seven or eight hours other okay, well, people that's probably that'll be like 10 to 12 for most of it because you just go madly through <laughs> yeah. the game i'm assuming because there's there's quite a lot of side objectives in it as well isn't it did you is that mainline just core objectives? yeah it's near enough mainline i did a few side quests and stuff and the way the game sort of operates is that it's not like one continuous sort of open world there's sort of like little hubs that you'll explore and there'll be a few missions side missions to do within those hubs and then you have your main objective and if you're about to leave the area the game will literally say you're about to leave here are the side missions you haven't done once you leave they're over it's, it's actually um, constructed quite a lot like an arcane game or like old deus ex <laughs> where like you go yeah. into a hub zone and mm. you've got the main objective but also quite a few other things you can do yeah and like some of those main some of those like side things that you can do earlier on are a bit stupid like there's one thing where i was walking around a police station trying to get people to sign cards for someone i kind of like that though it's kind of it it harks back to the eight like because robocop no matter how like you know it is kind of got a serious like satirical message to yeah of course to it but it just the design of it like it is silly oh no it's ridiculous there was another one where (laughs) some other cop was like oh i don't want to deal with the people who are you like lining up to you know put in police reports can you do and then robocop's like next in line and it's just really dumb and stuff and i really like those two quests though yeah. so i've i've only done the first kind of two main kind of missions in it um but i did both of those side quests and i do really like the the contrast of this fucking walking tank man uh <laughs> yeah. helping people at the front desk because he's just a beat cop that's what he is yeah. and i like that he gets to just do beat cop stuff in this but i think what's great is because I think the game, what did we score? Like a seven, I think. And I, I think that's yeah, it. But what, what do you think? Well, no, I was just going to say it is sort of like the perfect seven or six out of 10 experience. And if you are looking just to like blow shit up, this is the perfect game for it. It's got an impressive <laughs> okay. amount of destruction to it, especially if you're in like an office building or just near enough anywhere. If you're like letting loose with an Uzi, like the walls are crumbling down, things are exploding, mm-hmm. glasses shattering everywhere. And even when you're killing people, like, bits of their brain get stuck to the wall and slides down with the blood. It is ridiculous. But I mean, Robocop 1 and 2, like, those were ridiculously violent films anyway. And it, it perfectly Yeah, it's, it's leaning into the source material, right? Mm. That is one thing I've noticed from, like, I still not played a second in this game, but from watching all the trailers and the gameplay, like, they've got the feel of Robocop, right, and the aesthetic. Um, yeah. I was always intrigued, like, I don't know if they were, uh, if this was overblown in previous or not, like, 
people saying there's like quite a bit of a detective element to the game. I, like, is that actually there? No, and this is what really. I mean, it, it, not that do people no, no, really I'm not, want I'm not, like I'm not, full I'm not, LA noir? I'm not looking, I do, but yeah, I don't think most people. No, do I'm not looking for like God. Deus Ex moments. But there was one particular moment where I was sort of investigating this garage and stuff, and I was putting my points into being able to like convince people, but I didn't really put my points, my skill points rather, into being able to like I don't know examine items. And there's there'll be scenes, there'll be parts where you need to investigate a scene and stuff just to gather evidence, and then you can confront a character about whatever. And there was one part where there was a note literally on this table. I, myself, could read that note. I scanned it as Robocop and he was like, my deduction level isn't great. I can't read this note written in English. And I was like, that's fucking stupid. I, I think I think the RPG part of this game is, is like surplus to requirement. It really yeah. didn't need it. So for example, similar to that, when I was playing it last night, I saw there was like this massive crate against a wall and there were scratches <laughs> on the ground, yeah. which very clearly showed that like this has been moved to the side because there's something <laughs> hidden behind it because my deduction skill wasn't high enough. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, <laughs> Murph is just a bit like, I do not know what this is. <laughs> yeah, like um, it just, it made me question like, what is Robocop's reading level? Because it's clearly like level one or some shit. He's an idiot in this game. I, I ultimately think like the game just didn't need an RPG yeah. system because... But what I will say is maybe sort of counter to what you've just said there, Jesse, is that I actually do think there is a surprising amount of quote unquote detective work in this. Mm. It's not L.A. Noir in the fact that kind of like you are doing um, or something like Sherlock Holmes where you're having to make actual deductions. You're not interrogating people. Right? No, I mean, not... sometimes you are. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, cool. Um, but but not in that, not in the way that L.A. Noir does it. What I would say is the surprising thing for me is I came to this game expecting it to be an 80s style first person shooter where like you're just walking through corridors absolutely blasting the shit out of people so they explode <laughs> there is a surprising amount of this game that isn't shooting like just where the gun is literally locked in your pardon mm. oh no that when it's just like dialogue and exploring and just oh yeah, going yeah. Over so environments. I thought you said where it's boring which i don't i don't <laughs> like i do love the the shooting but um yeah uh, I say love. Like, I like the shooting. Um, but yeah, I, I was surprised at how much of this game is walking around locations, chatting to people, um, doing like solving what I consider like more minor crimes. Like the the main sort of element of the first hub that you go to, which is kind of like just des- Detroit streets at night, is yeah. it's like the mayor's daughter's car's been stolen. So that's like your secondary case. It's like work this out. And so you're just going around questioning people, uh, working out, you know, what's happened. And you eventually like find the car stolen and, and work that out. And then there was like another one where there's like a, a police informant called Pickles. There's oh, yeah. a very, very good 80s joke in there regarding uh, whether people think his name is Gherkin or Pickles. <laughs> um, but but again, that is you go into people's houses and chat to people and working out where this missing cop has gone. Yeah. Um, so there is a surprising, like I would say like 40% of this game, maybe even 50, isn't just walking around and blowing people's heads off, mm. which is not the game that I expected out of this. Yeah, I mean, there's, there, there is a ton of dialogue to go through and stuff. And it's sort of, um, each even sort of chapter is uh, put together with Robocop speaking to a uh, therapist from... Uh, OCP who's been like assigned to him and it, it's sort of like their way of giving you um like a ranking at the end of each chapter and stuff and you're sort of like reminds me a little bit of like Blade Runner 2049 like the little debriefs mm. Ryan Gosling yeah, it, it is sort of like that and like there are like certain ramifications that you know can occur and stuff there are different endings in this game similar not 
not crazy like different outcomes like something you might find in a, I don't know, like an arcane game or whatever, but it's almost, I don't know if this comparison is fair, but it almost fallout in a way where you're going to get different slides at the end of the game oh, okay. that are narrated depending on, you know, the actions you've done and stuff like that. Because there are certain moments where, you know, you can put a parking ticket on someone's mm-hmm. car and that's serving the justice. If you find someone doing graffiti on the wall, you can be like, fuck you, I'm arresting you. Or like, here's just a warning, you know? And there are like other options where, you know, you can either try and save people or Does just it- let them die. It seems like it has like this broad, you know how Mass Effect has Paragon and Renegade? It seems like every choice that you make is either like upholding the public trust or upholding Mm. the law. And the law is very much the one where like you stick to the book and if someone has has done a crime, you absolutely hold them to account and you you give them a ticket or you arrest Mm -hmm. them. And then like upholding the public trust is being more of a it's just being nice <laughs> yeah i understand why you might have done this thing that yeah. would technically be considered a crime but i'm gonna let you off yeah i'm more intrigued to play this now i was gonna it was gonna be one i'd save the NDA, and i still might but like because my one worry was it would be a bit one note it just would be mm. walking through mm. destroying a thing which can be you know a bit of light relief i suppose just blowing those stuff up but yeah i'm actually more intrigued by that whole detective side of yeah. it and the talking and mm. the it's absolutely yeah. a B game for a B yes. movie. Yeah. Um and it, you know, occasionally it's got a little bit of what I would consider that Eurojank where it's reaching a little bit too far for what it actually 100%. is. Um I don't know if I'm ever gonna finish this game. There are a lot of other games out. I'm, you know, barely yeah. into Alan Wake at this point. Um and well, I'll get on with that. Oh, oh obviously oh. I love it. It's exactly I'm, my oh, sort of I'm game. I'm having a fucking amazing time with that game. It's um but um Yeah, like I said last week, Baldur's Gate is still my game of the year, but my my heart wants to say it's Alan Wake, but I mean, I, I, you're I allowed to have a number two pick. <laughs> I know exactly that, that. That is my second favorite yeah. game of the year so far. So, so it's like you know, I am not. I don't have essentially any intention to very quickly go back to Robocop. Now I've played like the first two um, like settings in it, yeah. And now I'm going to go off and I'm, I'm going to finish Alan Wake, and I'm you know there are a few other games that I want to get through. Um, but I do think, like, at some point, I might come back to this. There is something about it that I just think is—it's just above. It's a little bit above mindless. But when it does the mindless bits, like they explode and they explode good. And then when you do the Robo copy bits, it's got that kind of tongue-in-cheek '80s about it. Yeah. And it's also—it's definitely not alien in terms of like its presentation, but it's definitely got a little bit of that. Like I like it when you scan things, and they've made the UI. It looks like it's been pulled from an 80s movie. It's got that slight yeah, yeah. fuzziness around the edge of it. The colour grading on it is is mm. all exactly pulled from an 80s film. I mean, nice. even the people you're going up against, like, you know, these sort of, like, 70s, 80s looking punks and stuff yeah. with the crazy hair, you're fighting in arcades, and even beyond that, you're fighting, like, biker gangs or you're, you know, visiting the OCP headquarters and a bunch of other places you'll recognise from the films, even down to specific enemies from those films as well. So if you, you know, if you enjoyed those films like i'd see no reason why you shouldn't play robocop yeah, Rogue seems like a good solid shoot and uh, definitely a step up from their last game the terminator one which was uh atrocious i, ne- I never played it see yeah, i've no, always yeah. heard mixed things about that it seems like that is like a hidden gem among certain I, 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 people. I think hit, i think gem is a strong <laughs> a, a strong word uh not for me let's put it like that's way. fair uh, do you know what is for me though a martin scorsese film oh, you don't say i do i do like uh a big marty Ironic, little man, isn't he? Um, <laughs> What's this one go. about, Cardi? What's this one about? I've oh, genuinely God. not actually looked at anything to do with this film. So yeah, I, I treat myself on Monday. We all had the day off, and I, I took myself 
to Pitch House Central in the afternoon on a Monday. Me and four other people in there just soaking in that Dolby set Atmos sound. <laughs> oh. What well, screen was it in? Like, uh, screen one. Oh, just, yeah. that's a screen one. I made sure I picked. One. That's my favorite. Maybe my favorite. Well, definitely my favorite screen for sound mm-hmm. uh, in London. But I treated myself. I took myself there. Only like thirteen quid because it was a Monday afternoon. I need to be like a, a pensioner who oh, gets God. to go to the cinema during the day. That'd be great. Um, I was Killers ill, so phone. I couldn't come with you. But I know. I still need to go see the Killer though. So if anyone wants to see some oh, Finch, shit, is that actually in the cinema? Yeah. I thought that was just coming to Netflix. I do really want to see that. Pay attention. I'm sorry. I'm busy. Robocop's anyway, Killers of Our Moon is an Apple TV film, but is in the cinemas at the moment. Will eventually come to Apple, I'm guessing, in a few weeks before the end of the year. They haven't given a firm release date yet. Um, it is three and a half hours long, which is Standard. why I think a lot of people would want to watch it at home so you can pause it. Uh I, I needed to see it in the cinema. And as I've said numerous times before, I love like film lamp doesn't really bother me. Like go as long as you need and I'll I'll be there, sitting there. Didn't even need to get up once. I was very proud mm. of myself uh, and my bladder. Um Killers of the Flower Moon is a true story of in the nineteen twenties in Osage County in the United States of America. The Osage people, the Native Americans basically were forcibly moved to this land, but then, you know, it was considered, you know, dead land. No one would want to live there, so they were basically moved there by white settlers. Turns out, lots of oil in this part of the world of that they stumble across. So, They're going to drink it. Like an <laughs> this is why I Ooh. love the film, because it's an I love an oil film. <laughs> um, basically, yeah, so these Native Americans become suddenly some of the richest people in the country because they have the land rights to the, all this oil money. So naturally, in the years that follow, lots of white people come to this this area of the country, build up a town, and start marrying these Native American women oh. who own land rights oh, to the country. It's like a fucking Game of Thrones-style marriage. So to it's kind the- of a big old pyramid scheme conspiracy of murder and this is all a true story like everything all the characters in this film were in real life so basically yeah mysteriously a lot of these young and a lot of these young women and and men as well just end up dying so it's kind of this film revolves around molly who is played by lily gadstone who is one of these women and she is unbelievably good in this film like this is one of the best performances i've seen in a long time there's one just like noise one like scream she lets out in this film that like genuinely like just like i don't get overly emotional during films but like brought a tear to my just one that's one noise and i was like jesus that is like like raw emotion mm. um and it centers around her relationship with leonardo dicaprio's character ernest who she marries and their relationship with his uncle played by robert de niro who is kind of he's considered like the king of this town he like everyone loves him like he does good things to everyone the white people and the native american people um is he an oil man though he's not necessarily an oil man no, say, how no. true is, those, is how nice he well, is well he appears nice um <laughs> look this is i'm not going to spoil this story yeah, but you know it's a true story you can read up it's based on a book if you want to know about it before seeing the film you can i don't think it would necessarily ruin it because the film never presents itself as like a whodunit like you know pretty early on what's going on here it's more a procedural about are they going to get away with this and the relationships between leonardo dicaprio and lily gladstone's characters and how kind of like what can 
can you love someone and still do horrible mm. things to someone? And can that be forgiven? Which is arguably no. Um, I was going to um, ask, is it told from a particular perspective of one of the characters? Or is it um, more just a shared experience? It kind of, I would say it starts off from the perspective of Leonardo DiCaprio and kind of follows him through the film, kind of shifts to... Uh, Lily Gaston's character for bits of it but it is kind of that's the interesting bit like from the start you are kind of centered on these people that obviously are not the best people in the world and yeah. qu- quite stupid people as well just like he's his character who's just come back from the first world war and has kind of come back to town with not really anything to do and he's kind of told by Robert De Niro's character oh maybe you know you should go marry one of these women <laughs> um <laughs> that is kind of the setup and it's also coincidentally kind of ties in with the birth of the fbi so okay um jesse plemons everyone's favorite like comes to town one day and he is a one of the first like fbi detectives basically and that's how the like that's part of the story which the book i believe goes into in much more depth is about like the start and the birth of the fbi whereas the film centers much more on just this town and what happened um it's unbelievably good like I, i was like blown away like i'm still i was still I know people say it's like, oh, I can't stop thinking about it. Like, days after this film, I'm still thinking about it. Like, it is so powerfully good. Like, every performance is on point. Martin Scorsese is just... The man's in his 80s, and he's just still pumping out some of the best work. Like, this is, I think, quite easy now to say my film of the year. Like, it is so good. I can't recommend it enough. It is, you know, it is a long 200 minutes, and it isn't, you know... At times it like speeds along because Thelma Schoonmaker, who's like my hero, her editing uh, in Scorsese films always kind of keeps things ticking along, unless you're maybe watching Silence or Kunden. But um, there are times where it kind it kind of feels like kind of it has a bit of silence to it, but also you know a little bit of the Irishman to it as well. Kind of that whole melancholy of like this is just a terrible situation yeah. and like kind of the thing I think Scorsese has been rec- wrestling with for decades. It's like kind of, is there redemption in bad people mm-hmm. is kind of the theme of all his films, I think. And this definitely explores that. It's so good. Like if you don't want to see it at the cinema, I get it. It's a long time to commit, but when this comes to Apple TV, I recommend everyone give it a go. Do, it, do you but. think you really lose out if you're... I know it's bad to say for mm. his films. But do you think you're really losing out for not watching it in the cinema? Um, I thought... For me personally, I needed to see it in the cinema because yeah. it sounds amazing. Well, the score from Robbie Robertson, who did a lot of his scores for me, he actually died a few months ago, is unbelievably good as well. I'm glad I saw it. I wanted to go to cinema more for the sound than mm. the image. Okay. Like, it, it looks stunning as well, but I wanted it more for the sound. And I'm glad I did. At home, you could, you'd still get a... You know, I watched The Irishman at home. I didn't actually go see The Irishman in the cinema. I still loved it. Um, This is better than The Irishman, though. This is like... I think this is... If I had to put it now, I'd say it's like in his top five films, which is, you know, a high mark. And where does Um, The Irishman lie in that? uh, It's probably like, I don't know, eight or something, nine for me. Um, In terms of... It's obviously incredibly hard subject matter, right? Like, this Mm. is... Whereas, uh, you know... Scorsese obviously has had a career where he has been looking at incredibly horrible people, yeah. but earlier on in his career, much more fictitious kind of people. Yeah. And he's obviously a man that is confronting his own mortality at this point, right? And realizing yeah, that incredibly horrible things happen in the world and he's kind of turned an eye here. 
to actual real atrocities. Mm. How kind of sensitively does it deal with like the kind of the say sort of side I of things? I think it does and- it. I mean, I can't, obviously from someone not from that mm-hmm. culture, I can't say it does it brilliantly, but Lily Gaston herself is of that, um, what, of that culture. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to run the right words. But like, from what I've read, a lot of people think it does it well. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of people that like, this isn't a white person's story to tell, which is what schools are well, The interesting done. thing I was but, thinking there is, is it, is it a story where he's telling the horrors of the white perspective from that, which oh, is his definitely, place this to speak? Is, I think so. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is definitely this is the story of America in a nutshell. We like white people who come to America and have and have basically taken from this land for mm-hmm. hundreds of years. Like that is what okay. this story is, and like in a nutshell, that is what this story is telling. And the way it, this film ends is really interesting as well. I don't want to spoil it, but like, sort of as he like kind of literally takes the reins of it at, at one point, and the way it does its like coda at the end to explain like what happened to these people um, is really interesting. And the music is all brilliant, like I said. I just, I just, I really want to see this film again. And despite it being three and a half hours of quite, like you said, serious, downbeat stuff, there is still the occasional laugh. Like they kind of play Leonardo DiCaprio, who is also brilliant in this film, like his character for laughs at points just through his like denseness. He's not a smart man at all. Like (laughs) people will just say stuff. You'll be like, uh, like I think it's in the trailer. There's one clip where Jesse Plemons just comes to his door and he's like, um, from the FBI uh, looking to talk about the uh, see about these murders and then Leonardo Caprici goes uh, oh see what about them and Jess Pemish just stares in for a second and just goes oh, see who's doing them <laughs> and it's, just, it's it, there are like little funny mm. moments like that that break the tension there's also some very hard stuff to watch um, so yeah this is I think this is an 18 if it's not it should be actually it might just be a 15 mm. there's like you know some some pretty horrible do have a viewing of it at 8.15 tonight that I might well, watch. you'll be out at midnight. That's yeah. fine. It's okay. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, I can't recommend this film enough. Mm. Uh, so yeah, Killers of the Flower Moon. Worth the waiting. I've been waiting a long time for this one. Like He's been trying to make this for almost a decade, I think. Oh, wow. So uh, yeah, very good film. Go see that. My favourite film of the year. Um, on the other end, sound lovely, sound delightful. <laughs> I've played a couple hours of Jusant. I don't know if either of you have touched this yet, but not yet. Came to it... Game Pass this week. I think it's out and everything, but I played on Game Pass. I think I'm only half, like I was saying earlier, I'm, at, I'm about halfway through. It's only a four to five hour game, I think. Um, if you don't know what Jusant is, and that's spelled J U S A N T, I'm saying it like that because it sounds French. Well, it's developed by Don't, don't Nod, who are yeah. a French mm-hmm. company. <laughs> um, and Jusant actually means, I learned that it, this is the first thing you see in the game. It is word like an old like mariner's word for the movement of the tide going out oh, okay okay so there you go so this game respects the sea so that's always <laughs> a good uh always a good stamp to have in a game it is just kind of a wordless climbing game and it's beautiful the art style of this game is just very pleasant like bright uh oranges and blues everywhere mm. um kind of has the kind of essence of like an old team eco game it's kind of got a bit of an eco shadow of colossus you know like wordless sort of like adventure no combat well as far as i know there's none at all i haven't encountered any yet but you're kind of just trying to scale up this one tall mountain so it's got kind of a bit of journey to it as well i suppose and you're just trying to scale this mountain and you slowly get like new abilities wherever like at the start you're just like 
using each trigger to grab handholds and climb this mountain. Then you'll like get new abilities where you can, as you were saying with Avatar earlier, it's quite similar. Like you can command a, like basically command a plant to then like move its vines up, and you That's can like cool. grab hold and it'll take you up it's like and things home. like that. Yeah, there's a little bit of grow home to it as well. Like it's not overly complex. I've you have to kind of manage stamina and trying to like work like there's minor puzzle solving elements you have to work the best route up sometimes there's more than one way to try and get to the next handholds and rest for stamina i'm only two hours in i'm having a lovely time there's not too much more to say about it. there's a very loose story like yeah. there's not really you're obviously trying there's a I don't know if it's some sort of like theological message it's trying mm. to say some sort of religious meaning if it gets to the top of this mountain but it's just very nice if you want four or five hours puzzling up a, a mountain I, mean, right? I, I, would, I would say like yeah. the inherent danger of like climbing a mountain but then mm. making it peaceful and just lovely is sort of why i wanted out of death stranding which obviously is not I what i was going to get the, <laughs> but the this trailer, is what i want the trailer for jusant when i saw it because that was part of the like the summer games fest was it yeah, or maybe so. xbox yeah. showcase uh, it initially gave to me vertical death stranding yeah. obviously not any of the mad kojima nonsense or anything like that but the actual process of learning yeah. how to to actually it's overcome. much more pleasant yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's nowhere near as you, there's no like man resource management or anything like that which is great you're just kind of yeah just scrambling up this mountain with and you get like a cute little friend who helps you out at some points as well like yeah it's very if you just want a nice chilled time i think jusant is a nice <laughs> Thing to be getting on Game Pass at the moment. Is there any dialogue in the game, or is it just near enough entirely? Silent? I think it's wordless, like, okay. as far as I can see. There's like letters you can read, so there's yeah. a bit of reading you can do to learn a bit more about this civilization. I think. Um, Sounds lovely. Yeah. It is lovely. I've been just been. It's a nice little end of the day chill out game for like an hour. Do like a little section. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm enjoying that very much. Do you know what else I enjoy very much? The endless search, and I don't care if no one else does because we're doing one. A um, couple of weeks ago, we did an endless search from Lee Burton, and he also sent in an endless search theme that we never played. Well, this week, we're going to play it. He says, on the topic of the endless search theme, I personally really enjoy the current theme, but I thought I'd have a go at making one, because why not? It's my first attempt at making music digitally. So take oh. a listen and see what you think. Thanks, Lee. We'll listen to it now, and we'll let you know what we think. Endless search. Where damn games at? UKIGN. Endless search. They're still searching. It's the endless search. Jesse, you said it's a funky tune. It's almost got a little bit of Robocop energy. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I felt that. It took, took me back. Took me back to those days, you know. Took you back to the days you never lived in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, the Endless Search. I don't have much time to think of one this week, so I'm just going to do a very simple game. I've got three down here. We'll see how long the first one takes to do. Uh, we might just do one of these. It's a simple game of, it's going to be, who am I? It's going to be a 20 questions. Oh. I'm a video game character, and you guys take turns at asking yes or no questions, and the first of you to guess which character I am wins the game. Um very simple game. You just ask yes or questions I can answer yes or no to. And I am any video game character. Like I said, well, I've got three names down here. We'll see how long one takes, though, because I've already just gone for ages. Um, so, yeah, I suppose. Who wants Who wants to go first? Who's feeling honourable? Honourable? Um, What's honour got to do with it? I don't know. Is anyone feeling kind? I'll go with it. 
Oh, well, that's uh, that's uh, that's the that's the opposite of honour. You're just taking control. No, I'm sorry. Well, just ask me a yes or no question. Someone. Um, has anyone portrayed... Oh, I know. Fuck. <gasps> Wait. <laughs> is there a live action adaptation of this character? Yes. Oh. Okay. Interesting. What, what a what a left field <laughs> question. Are you looking at my doc? No. Um, I did say doc. Is your character a PlayStation exclusive? No. Has your character ever been released on a Sega console? No. Okay. Mm, no, no. Okay, okay. Uh, is your character a woman? No. Did I, <laughs> um, does the character reside in America? Yes. <laughs> That's five questions you've asked so far. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can go for it. <laughs> I'll wait, is, I'll wait for you, Matt. Uh, is your character uh, portrayed in the video games in third person? Yes. Right, okay. Yeah. You can take a guess. It, can I take a guess? You can. If that's your turn for a question. Is your character Alan Wake? No. Fuck. <laughs> There's not been a TV adaptation. Well, I, I meant it more like a You did say live action. Oh. And technically, there is a live... Yeah, that's what I was Is it an for. adaptation, though? Yeah. yeah. Um, Shit. That's uh, seven questions. Oh. Um, is your adaptation a movie? Yes. Okay. D- so it's, d- a th- oh. it's a third-person game that has a man in it that has been that's not an exclusive so it's on potentially all platforms or maybe exclusive to something else uh, fuck fuck that's eight questions you've got um, plenty of time does your character have a brother um I don't know if I can I mean <laughs> it's not an obvious uh, okay okay uh, not that I know of alright no. <laughs> That's that's nine questions. Oh shit. Um Hmm. <sighs> I suppose you just gotta work out what the game is yeah, that I'll give you yeah. there. <laughs> is Is your character from a game that's post twenty fourteen? No. Right, okay. That's 10 questions. That's half of your questions. Does your character have special powers? Um, I'm going to say no. So they're not supernatural, basically. No, they're not. No, they're not. No. They're naturally skilled, you'd say. Yeah, they're they're not. Yeah, they're not, you know, yeah. Accessing a part of the... Superhero abilities or anything. That's a lot of questions. Jeez. Um, (laughs) Some people would be screaming right now. Just listen to that. Listen to that. Um, I'm worried. I thought Jesse had got it really early. This is good. Sorry, go on. Not just because he was confident, not through any. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is this character Chris Redfield? (laughs) 
No. no. See, you're just going to keep guessing people. That's that's. You've still got eight questions. Is, that's twelve questions. Is your character skilled in climbing? Uh, um, no, I'd say no. Oh, no it's not. Sake, a, I would. You'd list that under their their oh, skills. This is bullshit. It's going to kill me. What How many say? times have you tried to work out if it's Nathan Drake? <laughs> just <laughs> now. Yeah, I know. No. I know. Um, oh fuck. Uh, is your is your question now, isn't it, Jesse? No, you just asked oh, about the climbing. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, is is this character from a horror series? No, no. <sighs> Six more questions. Uh... <laughs> Maybe we just do one of these. <laughs> yeah. Has your character killed people? Yes. <laughs> Well, that doesn't help, Jesse. <laughs> no, but I'm trying to think of like what video game adaptation is there where someone is like a, just a brutal killer and not just well, like what, a sort of. But you well, kill people I mean, all the time in video games, and that's not con- you don't consider like fucking I've Nathan Drake. A brutal killer. I love this one. She needs to work together, but also against each other. <laughs> Five more. Uh, um, it's pre 2014. Hmm. It's not, it's, so it's not going to be like Resi or anything like that. Oh, fuck. This is, this is really killing me inside. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else could you learn about the game, I wonder? What else could we know? Is this game... No, because I have... I'm just trying to figure out like certain questions I've already asked kind of in, in form of the things like the fact mm-hmm. that it's a third person probably means that it's like an action adventure game particularly if it's pre 2014. Oh my god. Does Jesse think you do you think you've got it Jesse? I'm just trying to remember your previous answers and um um oh okay I have one question that I think could help me. I just don't oh, think you would choose it's just this unfortunately film. Unfortunately not your turn. I know. Okay. Um that's a shame. <laughs> oh my god! I really want. Is to ask this, this character from contemporary times? Yes. Right. Okay. Four more questions. Is this character in New York? Yes. Am I allowed to guess who it is? No. Fuck. No, you've asked your question. <laughs> That's fine. Oh, it has to be the guy I'm thinking of. <laughs> um, so bothering me. But it's weird that you'd say it wouldn't be someone I'd pick. I'm trying to think of like older games that are set in New York now, and it's just literally. I hate oh, fucking endless it. search yeah. is bullshit because I can never think of anything. I'm going to be so shocked if it is. Is it? Um, <laughs> fuck. What's he called? You've still got a question. Then, like, basically after this, you've got one more yeah. guess each. So oh, Matt can ask, what, can I, get one more clue, and then you've got to, a guess each. Basically, uh, he's going to get it, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. Does he have an annoying cousin? No. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> well, not that I know. Again, not that I know of. Is it Max Payne? It is Max okay, Payne. Fucking hell, that was killing me. When you said Alan Wake, I was like, oh my god, you just bit the wrong one. <laughs> Because there was that shit like, what was it, 2010 film Why? or whatever? Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, 2008. Mm. Why would you think I wouldn't pick Max Payne? It's one of my favourite characters. No, like, I, it was... I was just trying to think of a certain... <laughs> oh, I just... I don't know. Uh, 
For more on me on Matt's pain, listen to the Backpage podcast <laughs> from last week. That was painful. Uh, I'm sorry, everyone. You can also learn about my life so far, mm. <laughs> which I spent far too long talking about. Also, right. I'm just gonna, there you go. I'm going to refuse to believe that anyone who was listening would have guessed fucking Max Payne. I think people will have. I'd There's forgotten no that knowing. there was a Max Payne film, largely because that film is so bad that I've probably oh, erased yeah, it from my memory. Oh, yeah, you would want to forget about it. Um, should we just do one of those? That took long enough, didn't it? Um, but I've got a couple of names for another day when we need them. I'm tempted Good for fun. the next one, though, but I know it took way too long. No, 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 no. Another fair. day now. If you got it within 10, you know, maybe I would have gone with it. But sadly, yeah. yeah. Jesse technically wins the game, but I think you both lost, really, if we're honest. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, we <laughs> As did the world with the Max Payne film. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Write about anything you want to tell us about. Just let us know. I want to hear it. Um, <laughs> and the search themes, we're always welcome to more of those. Um, Jesse, you've got the first piece of feedback this week. Yeah, this is from Josh Warden. He says, Bonjour, IGN UK crew. Usual stuff, long-time listener, first-time writer, etc. And I require your help. I found myself in the cosy position of no more work-related exams until 2024, meaning my gaming life has resurrected for now. After a mix of studying and 150 hours of Starfield, God, I'm now ready to step into something else full-time. My inquisitive brain can't help but gravitate towards Baldur's Gate. However, I've never been a D&D guy, or a turn-based guy for that matter. I'm an RPG and fantasy junkie, but as I approach the ripe age of 30, I'm becoming more tired and desire a simpler experience. Currently playing through Mirage, which is excellent. My question, therefore, is will I like Baldur's Gate 3? Big Bethesda fan, Middle Earth, Merchant, etc. So this seems up my alley, but I can't decide, and I need your help. Admire the waves. Big Daddy Wards. Three kisses. Uh, my instant reaction would be, yes, I would play it. Yeah. A, just because it's one of the best games I've ever played in my life. B, I'm not a D&D person at all. Yeah. I do, you know, I like, as yourself, I'm a big Bethesda fan and Middle mm. Earth person, but yeah, I'm not. Um, and you say you like IP, RPGs, this would be the best RPG ever made. So yeah. I would say, if, you, if you're willing to sink 150 hours into Starfield, which I don't think is great, but if you enjoyed it, fair play to you, you could easily sink 150 hours into this game and I would almost guarantee have a better time. Yeah, I mean, I've, I think I've mentioned this when we discussed Baldur's Gate 3, but never gave a shit about D&D, never really cared ever about turn-based games. And Baldur's Gate is just a wonderful, lovely experience, especially if you can play with a mate or a partner. If not, though, if you're just playing it solo, just slap it on easy and have and a I lovely time. And I wouldn't also see uh, this as strictly turn-based either. Like, it's not just like yeah. you attack, I attack. It's kind of, you you just interact with the environment and your enemies in such a different way to most just, you know, it's not Persona or Pokemon. You know, yeah. it's just like yeah. attacking using items. It's so much more than that. The other thing I'd really emphasise with this is that, yes, the combat systems are there, I never think of Baldur's Gate as strictly a combat game. It's not like... No, so one not. of the problems that I did have, like moving from... I finished Baldur's Gate and went straight into Starfield, basically, and I massively bounced off Starfield. But a part of what I couldn't get over is going back to this traditional computer game RPG format in that when you go into a dungeon, it's just full of enemies that you just have to like either slash or shoot mm-hmm. through combat in Baldur's Gate is so purposeful. Like, you get a combat encounter when the story calls for combat. Um, And so quite a lot of what you're doing is actual RPG stuff where you're going around and talking to people and investigating places, exploring things, digging up weird old relics and making 
really big chance decisions on whether like do i open this book and potentially doom a planet or whatever <laughs> there's it's it's all that sort of genuine rpg stuff um which i think kind of like a lot of games have in in rpg sort of circles have shifted more being into action games and i think to go back to something that is a proper rpg where you only get combat where it's supposed to be uh, is really cool and it means that you're not going to be bogged down if you if you're not massively into turn-based combat it's not like that is the core part of this experience. Yeah. I would say give it a go. It's easy for me to say because I adore it. But, you know, I can't say. I'm sure there's people, a lot of people that have bounced off of it. Oh, yeah. Almost certainly. I, I, I would say just from your interest as to that, I would, I, I'd give it a go. So there we go. Uh, Matt, Hello. what have we got? This one's from James Clark. He says, hi, guys. Just piling in on a couple of your ongoing chats and the feedback, <laughs> if that's okay. Of course it's okay. Uh, rewind back to summer 2020 and I'm playing the game I've been waiting years for The Last of Us 2 the first game being my favourite ever until the sequel came along not only that but Covid is in full flow my wife is not only a (laughs) paediatric intensive care nurse but also four months pregnant cue me being a bawling mess through most of the first and last act of this game Uh, flash forward to Valentine's Day 21 and we welcome our first beautiful child Ellie into our family stuff uh, it helps when it's a pretty popular name, but sometimes it's okay to name your kids after your favourite characters. I agree, because Ellie's just a very nice yeah, name. Yeah, you're not going to yeah. name them like I think it's more, you know, off. yeah. If, exactly. It's not, you know, yeah, it's not, I don't know. Uh, yeah, like, uh, I wouldn't necessarily call my son, like, Halson or... Yeah, or Bloodstarved Beast. Yeah. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Um, however, hashtag justice for Joel. Not entirely sure, I agree. Yeah, I, I think, think, I I think yeah. Joel uh, one, maybe sure. got what he was asking for. Um... With respect to all of the cheats available in in games, I don't think anything comes close to typing how do you turn this on into the text chat window on Age of Empires 2. The feeling of countering those pesky Brit longbows with a fully stacked Shelby Cobra sports car with minigun attachment that flies around the map faster than a camel on heat is second to none. Uh, Thanks for all the great work as always, guys. Respect to the sea and... Uh, as always, and I have to say, I miss the original endless search theme. Bring it back. Oh, I, I would say I didn't realize that as a cheat you could do in Age of Empires too. But that sounds you, sick. I I I'd never played a huge amount of Age of Empires too. It was something that like I saw my friends playing. Um, yeah. I didn't remember the Shelby Cobra. I do remember mm. that you could summon in stormtroopers with laser guns. That's sick. On Star Wars, I think one of my favorite. And it's not even a cheat. It's just how you activate cheats. But putting the console command. In Jedi Academy and stuff, just help there us no Obi One. Oh no, it's help us Obi One. That's what I what's, remember. What's that one for? That's for Jedi Knight. No, but what does it do? What does the? Oh no, it, it allows you to activate the cheats. You put that in, oh, and okay. then it enables mm-hmm. cheats. And no, stuff. my main, my main memory of that was uh, um, there is no spoon. I think made the slow motion stuff, but there was also saber oh, realistic fuck. combat was yes, the one yeah, which allowed you to cut people's limbs off. Uh, yeah. The other one I remember, of course, is is it Rosebud in The Sims gives you like a, a million simillions cash? Yeah, you have to get the gnome first, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that weird little gnome. Never feel guilty yeah. for using cheats in The Sims. It just feels right. Yeah, exactly. Like I said last week, it's all about building the house. I don't care about playing the game. I just want to build a house. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I didn't yeah. listen to last week's podcast, but I'm sure I saw the email that was about cheat codes, wasn't it? And why yeah. I assume, I was yeah. Like people's favorite cheat codes and why they don't exist anymore. 
Yeah. yeah, I guess originally cheat codes were developer codes, weren't they? Just to help them like mm. bounce their way through a dev build, and then they just kind of stay in there. But um, mm-hmm. I, I'm surprised that there's not more developers because obviously Rockstar builds cheats into the game. Yeah, because mm. in was it GTA Five where well, and four I think maybe where you dial them into the into the phone, yeah, the phone, to activate yeah, them. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised more cool. games don't have something that's a bit like that. I miss. This is going to sound very odd, but I miss the smell. And texture feeling just on, when you're holding it off like the I think it was called Cheats Unlimited and it was sort of like this yellow page cheat book for like the PlayStation Two, which I think you, you missed the get, smell of this book. <laughs> it just had like I, I can't remember what specific type of, type of paper it was. It was like just shitty cheap ish feeling paper and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just I remember like it had like that really sort of cringy like CG babe on it. It was holding like an Uzi or something, and it was full oh, of cheats. God, that's proper early two thousands game yeah, media just, nonsense that probably came free with maxim or something i mean all <laughs> is that all, too high class just regular like opm would have had that yeah. sort of shit I, I did i did find a picture of it this is the exact book there you go great for the listener audience yep. here but if you want to say <laughs> it's cheats unlimited but i do book. actually remember oh, yeah. this jesse yeah god that's a lot of cheat. You i mean they're actually unlimited. call as well I mean, they say cheats unlimited, but then it says over twenty thousand. So mm. you would have thought, you know, it's unlimited. You know, I well, suppose what, over twenty thousand is unlimited. What so. pissed me off though is that those cheat books would sometimes just have cheats that just didn't work, or they there were things that they found on like the internet that just weren't true, and they'll just print it on that page forever. I was just like, bastard. Just said it says compiled by gaming experts. We need to find out who these people were. Uh, I want. I really want to call that number and see where that leads to now. I don't even know what like region is an o nine o six seven. Isn't that just number? a business number here? Is it? I thought. I, I, I mean, it's a lot. Uh, I can't remember last time I just put in a phone number into a phone. To be honest, but there we go. Um, I've got all, uh, always. Let us know any more cheats you remember. IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN I've got one more email here from Kyle Wilcat who says hi all. I was doing my weekly shopping coals this weekend when I came across what I think is an odd seasonal food. It was a vampire crumpet. <laughs> What? A square crumpet with round with round top that looks like it had a rough face toasted on it. It was one of the oddest seasonal foods I've ever seen. What odd seasonal foods have you seen, <laughs> Kyle? What's cold? Seen any? What is cold? That's a good. Is this a? Is this in a part? Oh, of the Australian country? apparently. It's Australian. Okay. I was say, I was like, how have I not seen uh, that? Um, I'm trying to think of like any any seasonal foods. Um, I mean, the Christmas stuff is already starting to appear in shops. It's utter madness. Yeah. I mean, the fucking kings of that are like fucking Iceland with just any sort of, li- literally anything. It could be a waffle shaped as a fucking bat or some bullshit or anything that yeah. will be shaped into any I have sort seen of animal. A, I think Asda do a pizza shaped as a bat for Halloween. <laughs> but that just seems like you're getting less pizza, so I don't I know mean, why you would choose that. Yeah, that's what's the point. Yeah, I don't get it. Like, So the thing that always gets me is like, you know, Easter or Christmas, whatever it is, and they have all the Easter chocolate or the Christmas chocolate. Then, like, the day after Christmas, day after Easter, they're all half price. It's like, it's still the same chocolate and the same, like, weight. Like, why is it all down to 20p? Because well, it's people, shaped like an egg. People aren't <laughs> buying them because they're all bought as gifts, aren't they? I know, they, but so. ch- still charge it the same amount as you would, like, a 100 grand bar. Like, to I mean, me, it makes no I, economical sense. I would sense. never complain about getting that chocolate for cheaper than what? I'm not complaining about buying it. I'm just yeah, like, yeah, why yeah, do the yeah, shops yeah. just, like, cave in so quickly? It's like a minute past midnight after Easter. They're like, right, everything's 20p. I mean, my local Big Iceland closed down a few months ago, so I don't even get to see that. 
How are you coping with that? You Um, you were crying the other day. We've turned into a little people now. So it's not bad. Not bad. Decent transition. I don't have a... Do I have a little near me? Is it a lot of people say the little bakery? Little bakery. Is it good? It slaps. There is a larger what's your favorite item from the little bakery um i mean they do a really good they do a really good like uh what's it like like pink icing donut and stuff their brownies are really good so their pretzels they have a large Mm. selection of bread they've got oh my god some sort of like just nice olive kind of sourdough thing they do it slaps well that'll go well with uh matt's suit so so i i shop at tesco and they do have a good like olive uh uh, sourdough which is good with soup there we go let us know what your favourite sourdough is or favourite item What's from your the little bakery. <laughs> or favourite exactly. bread, in fact. Obviously, sour, sour, oh, I get sourdough because it doesn't seem, seem to like go mouldy as quick as other breads, but that's there are plenty show, of other actually. good breads. I can only ever do... I only have a sourdough toast it, though. I don't I never just like make a sourdough sandwich like, on no, toast. No, I would. I, I like it toasted. It's the only um, bread I like now. It's the only bread I love brioche. I know it's sweet, but I do love a brioche. Uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have it for savoury purposes, though, would you? I guess oh, you yeah, do you for would. a burger. I would. Yeah, yeah, you'd have a burger or actually, yeah. bread is pretty top tier. That's okay. fucking ace. There we go. Uh, bread chat. More of that next week. <laughs> um, what, what what music do we want? Uh, oh, the Robocop theme. Why not? A bit, bit of Robocop. Yeah. Why not? Let's do that. Uh, have a lovely weekend, and we'll see you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.